Welcome to the Immortal Souls Podcast, where we explore the history, stories, myths, legends, and hype that make shoes what they are today. We are Jared and Nick, two brothers with a passion for shoes. We are excited to have you along for the journey. When December rolls around each year, especially as it gets closer to the end of the month, I like to sit back and reflect on the past year. The highs, the lows, all of the memories that have been made, triumphs, shortcomings, goals I accomplished, areas where I still need to improve. And man, 2020 was a year for the books. So much has happened, both personally and on a broader global scale. It has really felt like a fever dream, to be honest. 2020 has been a pretty crazy year in the sneaker world as well, and so many cool shoes have dropped this year. I'm not sure I can even think of a year where more sneaker heat has dropped than this past year. So for today's episode, we're just going to kick back and reflect on some of our favorite shoes of 2020. No particular ranking or order. Let's just see where the conversation takes us. So I'll go ahead and kick us off today, Nick. And for me, 2020 was without a doubt the year of collaborations. It just seems like all year long we have seen collab after collab. And don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. <laughs> when it comes to collaborations, I'm, you know, I, I love them. I, I'm all about them. I think they're interesting. And, you know, just kind of going back to some of the points that we touched in our collaboration episode several episodes back, I do think that collaborations bring a lot to the table as far as sneaker culture goes and, you know, just with their interesting backstories between companies that collaborate and, you know, there's a lot of other stuff. We don't have to rehash all that again. But anyways, my first shoe of 2020 that I want to talk about is... None other than the Nike SB Ben and Jerry's Dunk Lows, known more popularly as the Chunky Dunkies. And I think most people out there, at least those of you that dabble even somewhat in the sneaker world, have probably known about or heard about the Chunky Dunkies. So basically what it is, it's a SB Dunk Low, and it's composed of a cloudy blue sky and green meadow it's got the leather upper. It has faux cowhide on the overlays and tongues. It's got, uh, in my opinion, one of the cooler features of the Chunky Dunky are the yellow swooshes on the side of the shoe. It kind of resembles melting ice cream with the leather protruding the standard pattern in a drip-like fashion. Inside of the shoe, you've got some hits of tie-dye. Uh, you've got some Ben & Jerry's styling, and you also have Nike branding on the heel tab. And these sneakers, they released in May of 2020. They retailed for $100. And when they released, they the initial release, I believe it was on May 23rd. And they released exclusively in skate shops. And then a few days later on May 26th, they released more generally on the sneakers app. 
And I just, man, I don't know why, but these shoes really did it for me. And I, <laughs> truth be told, I probably entered no less than 12 or 13 different raffles uh, just on different skate shops. And I didn't win a single raffle. I, of course, tried to get the shoes on sneakers when they released on sneakers. I had probably six or seven other people in our family try to get them for me because I just, oh, I wanted a pair so bad. No luck. And they were just, I mean, these have got to be some of the most hyped Nike sneakers of all of 2020. To, I, I can't hardly think of a shoe that was more hyped than the Chunky Dunkies. No. And, you know, the resale prices kind of speak to that point. So again, they released for $100. And the last I checked, which was yesterday, size 12 was going for $1,700. That's a lot of chunk. That's a lot of chunk for the dunk. (laughs) $1,700, man. That's just, that's crazy for a $100 shoe. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I I was just going to say, like, as far as like how they released it, um, I swear those skate shops just backdoored them all. At least that's what, maybe it's just me being a little salty because I didn't get a pair, but it just seems like there were no pairs out there. Like it was, they're impossible to get unless you're willing to pony up some serious cash. So. And it's okay to be salty about that. My question for you is, if you had gotten them, is that a pair that you would rock or stock? Oh, gosh. As much as I'd like to rock them, I'd have to stock them. Now, take the price out of it. Take the rarity of the shoe out of it. Just as as a standalone shoe in a vacuum, would you wear them? Or is it more like the novelty of the Ben & Jerry's collab that is appealing to you? And, you know, that's a fair question. And I think my answer would be, you know, I don't think I would wear them, to be honest. Um, I think you hit on a good point. I think it's more the novelty that I like. And furthermore, for me, at least, they're kind of like, I mean, they're works of art. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of look at them as like a, you know, almost like an Andy Warhol type of piece, just kind of like a, temp- a contemporary, in-your-face, bold, bright colors, crazy patterns type of work of art. Right. And that's kind of how I viewed them from the get go. So I don't think I would. Yeah. I mean, even if they weren't rare and even if, you know, price weren't an issue or anything like your resale price weren't an issue, I still don't think I'd wear them. Yeah. I I just look at the color scheme and I think, you know, the profile itself of the SB Dunk Lows, I think the profile is cool. And because I know you know, looking at it, I know that it's Ben and Jerry's. And so I see that. But if I didn't know it was Ben and Jerry's, I would look at it and almost think that it was like a Toy Story, like Woody shoe. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Because it has kind of like that cowhide. The cowhide and it has like the bright yellows and the, and the blue and um, but because I know it is Ben and Jerry's, I look at it differently. So I think it is, it's cooler than, than if it was a Toy Story collaboration. Right. Speaking of Um, which, I think there actually is, I don't know if it's Nike. I think it might be Vans, but I think there is a Toy Story Woody collaboration. I'm pretty sure it's Vans. I'll have to double check on that. I'm just going to launch into kind of my next favorite shoe of 2020. And this shoe, it's, these are ones I would actually wear if price and rarity were not an issue. And they are the Dior Air Jordan 1 Retro Highs sneakers. So this was a highly, highly hyped collaboration between the French fashion house Christian Dior and the Nike Jordan brand. It was released in June, and 
I believe there were some pop-up shops that came in July. Uh, was there one in New York City? I, I don't think there were many. You know, there might have been one or two in New York City. Uh, I think there might have been some overseas in Europe. Anyways, so get this. The retail version of the Dior Air Jordan 1s went for a whopping retail price of $2,200 or $2,200. Now, there was also a low-top version released for $200 less for $2,000. And that seems crazy until you hear the resale prices for these. <laughs> you know, it's the type of thing that if you were a shoe reseller and you're in it purely for the profit, man, if you were able to get a hold of these, even if you had to shell out the $2,200, you would make that you know five times over. So 8,500 pairs of the high tops were released. About 4,700 pairs of the low tops were released. Um, what the shoe looks like, and you know, for all of these shoes, we will try to leave a link or a picture in our show notes for those who are interested to uh, to see what we're talking about today. But it is it's a white and gray calfskin leather upper, made entirely in Italy, of course, because we're talking about Christian Dior. It's got Dior branding on the tongue above the wings logo and in the swoosh as well. And what I think is cool is on the outsoles, which are like an icy, translucent rubber, you've got the words Air Dior, which is kind of cool. These might actually be my overall grails of all grails. You know, if I were stuck on a desert island with one pair of shoes, I don't know. These might be it. It, It's funny I say that (laughs) because this is probably like the fifth or sixth shoe that I've said that this is my grail, but I think these truly could be it. They are, I mean, it's literally a beautiful shoe. The colors, the gray and the white, man, they just hit in all the right ways. The colors are immaculate. I think the shoe is an absolute stunner. And so, yeah, the size 12 high tops on StockX, they go for nearly $8,000 right now. And at one point, they went for a lot more. In fact, depending on the size of shoe, like if you go onto StockX right now, and I think it's like the lower sizes, you know, like five, like size five or size six, I think some of those are nearing even like $20,000. It's just insane, the resale price on these things. And when you say stuck on a desert island with these ones, I just picture you wearing them while you're, you know, kicking around in the sand. Uh, you know, starting fires on this desert island, you know, <laughs> wading out into the water to catch fish, all while wearing these, you know, the Dior Jordan ones. And you know, the funny thing is, I probably still wouldn't wear them. I'd probably go bare feet. I'd make a little, you know, mound of sand and and stick them on the mound and, you know, in their place of honor where I can just look at them day and night until last, I starve to death. Last thing you see before you die. Exactly. <laughs> the Dior Air Jordan ones, again, probably my grills. These shoes are are awesome. And I don't know if I like the high tops. Well, oh, no. Who are we kidding? I like the high tops better. But the low tops are really cool, too. You'd mess with the low tops. I'd mess with those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm partial to the high tops, too. But yeah. I Okay. 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 Confession time here. I am such a hype beast. Who am I kidding? I'm just going to come out with it. I am a hype beast. And I know a lot of these shoe collaborations, really, it just comes down to the hype why a lot of people like them. Now, granted, I do have... Other reasons why I like a lot of these shoes, you know, like I mentioned, because I think, you know, they're just a beautiful shoe or I think that they have an interesting collaboration story. But I definitely buy into some of the hype on some of these for sure. Uh, You know, the next shoe of 2020 that I wanted to talk about is the Air Jordan 5 Chicago Collaborators Collection by none other than our man Virgil Abloh. And these came out on during the All-Star Weekend. They released on, I believe it was February 15th, for $225. 
And if you want to get a pair on the resale market now, you're talking anywhere between, I would say, I've seen them mostly for between $700 to $1,000. So these are pretty interesting. I like the Air Jordan 5 anyways, but these are an interesting take on that. They have a synthetic ripstop upper. They've got fully reflective silver tongue. And they have these circular windows around the mid panel and the ankle collar of the shoe. And like all good off-white shoes or off-white Nike shoes, these also have the zip tie and they have the famous off-white Helvetica text details. Which I, I'm with you on this one, though. Like, I think I, I probably in, in no way is right or wrong. I think everyone has different approaches. If you're thinking of like your you know, top releases for 2020, I probably thought of mine more in, a, in the context of what like would I want to wear. You know, and even as far as wearability goes, though, these ones right here, in my opinion, are, you know, top of the top, like top, top two or three, you know, for this year, as far as not only the hype, but the wearability and just how it would look on foot with, you know, just everyday use. I think these would, you know, they're amazing. Kind of along those lines, Nick, uh, one thing that I do appreciate about this shoe is, you know, a a lot of the uh, other kind of collaboration shoes that I like, or even the couple that I've talked about so far, where these differ from those is for the very fact, like you said, that I think they are very wearable compared to the other shoes. These definitely, I mean, don't get me wrong. They have kind of that bling factor, especially for those in the know, for those that are sneaker heads and kind of steeped in the sneaker culture, but just for, you know, the average person that's walking around and, you know, they notice the shoes. I think they're a lot more understated and they're a lot more subtle. Mm-hmm. in their approach than, say, the Chunky Dunkies or even the Dior ones, for for that matter. Um, you know, like, it's just kind of a, I don't know if I'd call it a black color. It's more of kind of like, what, like a dark, smoky gray? Almost. Charcoal? Yeah, like a charcoal. In fact, that I'd have to see what the official color title is for that. But I think, yeah, it's like a charcoal color. But anyways, I do appreciate that, that even though these shoes have the hype and they have the, you know, the, the pedigree as far as... Uh, you know, the, the people that are collaborating on this, um, they are a very understated, very wearable shoe. Going totally the opposite from that are the Grateful Dead Bears Nike SB Dunk Lows. These shoes are bananas as far as just their colors go. The sneakers, it's you know, similar to the Chunky Dunky. It's the same base shoe. It's the SB Dunks, the low version. So they have brightly colored suede and furry fleece all over the shoe with an equally bright and contrasting detailing on the swoosh and on the outsole. So on these particular shoes, you know, they kind of pay an homage to the Grateful Dead. The swoosh, it has a feature, it, it has like a jagged rim that kind of replicates the bear's uh, cravats and, and ragged fur. And, you know, just kind of keeping in step with the whole 420 friendly, uh, the 420 friendly deadhead philosophy. If you don't know what 420 means, look it up. This particular version of the SB Dunk Low does have a stash pocket behind the tongue. I can only imagine what you could stash. You know, of course, I'm talking about, you know, money or or maybe a toothpick or, um, you know, some Tic Tacs. Spare change. Some spare change, of course. I mean, what else? What else would it be? Yeah, all all on the up and up. But anyways, uh, so these came in a bright orange colorway, a green colorway a yellow colorway, and I think I've even seen a pink colorway. Those must be a little more rare. I don't know if the pink ones made it to the general drop on sneakers. Anyways, uh, they retailed for a price of $110. 
I think the resale is is quite a bit more than that. I think you're talking six, seven hundred bucks probably. And then uh, let's see, Nick. I feel like I'm doing all the talking here. You know, I think I'll, I'm going to highlight maybe one more notable shoe for me of 2020 that I really loved a lot. So really quick, do you have, um, so what's, what's the, I'm, I'm not super familiar with Grateful Dead. So what does the, the fur and the jagged, like, and you say the bear, like, so how does this all exactly tie into, you know, the Grateful Dead? What is the, is the bears? Is that something, was that like some sort of like album cover art or? Uh, well, it's, I mean, when a lot of people think of the Grateful Dead, you know, they do think of the, I guess they're called like the Dancing Bears. I don't know if that was like their official logo or something like that. Let's see here. You know, I'm actually on a website here and it's saying that the Dancing Bears symbolized the fun loving aspect of the Grateful Dead and their fans. Gotcha. Um, I guess over the years, the Bears have appeared on bumper stickers, t shirts, posters, and as we know, Nike sneakers as well. Gotcha. Okay. It says, uh, it looks like the origin of the bear was uh, from, it says from a Bob Thomas album art cover. That makes sense. Yeah. It's the back cover of the history of the Grateful Dead volume one. Um, I guess it was recorded back in 1970. Uh, So the the back cover showed multicolored marching or dancing bears. So. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, and it says also. Oh, another site here says the Bears represent the band's influential audio engineer who was nicknamed Bear. Huh. huh. Yeah, that's I didn't, I'm just not, I've, I've never been a huge Grateful Dead fan. So all of these references are kind of, you know, they're like Latin to me. I don't really, <laughs> don't really get, but that's, that, that makes sense then with the, the fur and the, the jagged. Yeah, it- as far as the jagged, the swoosh and I guess the jagged outline is uh, kind of a reference to what's known as the jester collar on the bears, which is actually their chest fur. But uh, you know, depending on the, like what picture you look at, it kind of looks like a, I guess, a collar a little bit, which, like a court uh, jester collar. And it looks so. like yeah, and okay, yeah, and it has the bear logo on the tongue of the shoe as well, which mm-hmm. totally ties and, it all you together. Know, yeah, and, you know, I, I can't say I'm a deadhead. I Honestly, can't even say I'm super familiar with a lot of Grateful Dead stuff, but I can still appreciate kind of just the wacky craziness of this shoe collaboration. I mean, I, I think Nike, you know, some of these colors on this particular collaboration is unlike anything Nike's ever done. So right. if even for that reason alone, I can appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. You know, Nick, I kind of want to hear, from, again, I don't want to dominate this uh this segment here, but you know what? Let's go ahead and I can talk about one more shoe and then I'm going to kick it over to you. Cool. Kind of curious to hear some of your favorites of 2020. Yeah. My last shoe, I'm going to kind of venture away from the whole Nike and Air Jordans as much as I love those. I'm going to talk about a pair of Asics and that is the Asics Atmos Sean Watherspoon Gel Light 3 OGs. These are pretty interesting, very colorful shoes as well. And if you go on Asics website, the way that they describe this particular shoe is that they say they say the shoe is a canvas with each shoe acting as an ode to a specific city. The right shoe represents Los Angeles with bright hues and vibrant florals, which have become a trademark of Watherspoon's designs. The left shoe encapsulates the scenery, side streets, and urban elements symbolic of downtown Tokyo, visualized by Atmos. What's cool about these sneakers as well is they come with five 
differently colored, interchangeable ASIC stripes. And they also have tearaway Watherspoon and Atmos patches that kind of allows people to really customize these shoes quite a bit, you know, depending on their mood or depending on what kind of color schemes they like. You know, true to Sean Watherspoon, uh, these shoes have a lot of corduroy type elements on them. And corduroy is applied to the upper, kind of the upper panel paneling of the shoes. And it kind of gives the shoes a vintage feel, which I think is kind of neat. And it comes with three different sets of laces, which gives even more customization options on top of the tearaway patches and, and the interchangeable ASIC stripes as well. Let's see. I, not much else to say about it. Uh, I just think they're a really cool they shoe. I, I, I've never seen those. Like those are, those are rad. I especially am loving. So I, I like how the the shoe it's kind of a mismatched colorway. You know, there's mm-hmm. the one shoe that's the what yellow and blue, and the other one that's kind of purple and black, and um, maybe that's sea green. But um, I'm especially loving though that that blue and yellow shoe is. I wish I could have a pair where both of them were just that same colorway. That's I know, I know for sure, but it does make it cool though when you know that the shoes kind of represent L.A. and and Tokyo. I I actually didn't know that before. I just figured, oh, you know, Watherspoon's just kind of doing something crazy, right? And yeah, it is kind of crazy, but it, there is you know a, a reason behind that uh, aesthetic and that design choice. So right. I think that's pretty cool. Actually. Yeah, no, all in all though, those are super sharp looking shoes. I that corduroy is on point. Oh, I, I think so it. too. Um, let's see. They released uh, June 27th for, I think, around $160. The U.S. release was on August 14th, and it was available only at select retailers. Unfortunately, I didn't hear about this shoe until after it released. Uh, you know, but by the time uh, it, it came on my radar, I they were long gone. They were long sold out, so I had no chance of getting them. But uh, still think they're a really cool shoe, really interesting release for 2020. With that... I'm just going to shut my yap and no, let's hear what, what are some of your favorites of 2020? I'm kind of curious to hear, yeah. to hear what you got. You bet. Well, first of all, I loved your list. Those were fantastic. Mine is, you know, in my opinion, they're, they're awesome. Kind of like I mentioned before, I think, you know, I probably look when I look back on a year and think what my favorite shoes or what, in my opinion, the best releases were, I'm a huge fan of wearing shoes. And so I probably look at shoes more in the lens of like, okay, well, what would I want to put on if I'm going out and about? And, um, you know, that's how I looked at this list. And so it's probably a collection of shoes. That's a little bit less, might be a little bit less flashy than your list, a little more understated. Um, but I think, you know, equally, equally cool. Um, and, and super solid. So first up on my list is actually a basketball shoe. It's an actual like on-court performance shoe. I love playing basketball. It's probably, you know, one of my favorite sports to play. And so I, I keep an eye out for shoes that come out that are meant to be played on or excuse me, played in on court. And so the first one that I'm looking at that I absolutely loved is the new iteration of the Converse All-Star Pro. And full disclosure, you know, I know I'm a, a year behind here because technically the new version of the All-Stars came out in 2019. So I know that, um, but I still wanted to include it because 2020 has been full of so many amazing colorway releases for the All-Star Pro. So just to give a tiny bit of background, Converse 
you know, they had taken a decades long hiatus from on court performance shoes, especially the all star silhouette until last year, they dropped it. And in 2020, the new all-star has really come into the spotlight. We're seeing more and more NBA players wearing them on court, which, you know, is why I'm including it in my favorites for 2020. Um, the shoes themselves are a super cool combination of vintage Converse elements with the technological innovations and features of Nike, since we know that, you know, Converse is owned by Nike. The shoes have this really cool modern aesthetic and basketball performance features, but the details that I'm talking about, these vintage Converse elements are, there's that minimalist all-star patch on the ankle um, that has a star um, that you see, you know, in, in the old shoes. There's also that Chevron and star logo on the side of the foot, which is such an iconic logo. It's one of the oldest, you know, shoe logos around. and. Most colorways of the high top version, which is my favorite, there is a low top version as well, much like the original version of the All-Stars, but the high top version, most of the colorways run between 100 to 150 at retail, though you will find some of the more rare colorways, uh, specifically some of the hyper bright pack colors. Um, those are going to be going for more like four or $500 on sites like StockX or Goat. Um, and I really like the Hyperbrights pack. There's one in particular, it has that white background and it has, the, it's it's really minimalist looking, but it really pops. It has that neon green, you know, piping around the outsole. And then it has that bright fluorescent orange chevron and star on the middle of the foot, um, but it has that white background that makes all of those little fluorescent accents really pop. And that um, specific model that I'm talking about, that's one of the ones that, you know, you're not going to be getting it for probably less than $350, $400 on, uh, you know, like StockX. And that's even with those, you know, just being released this year. So Hyperbrights also have another really cool colorway um, where it looks like the whole shoe is in flames. <laughs> it's it's really cool. They they really pop. Um, but that would be my first one, an on-court shoe from Converse. Man, who would have thought that Converse's would go for several hundred dollars? But, you know, looking at them, me being the sucker for kind of black colorways, I'm just looking at that black with it's like a volt green color or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I think those really pop as well. Uh, they're those amazing. Are, well, and, those are and awesome usually, shoes. You know, these are shoes that they look like they're comfortable to wear to actually play basketball in. But I could see, like, you could find a use for it outside of basketball as well. Like, I think certain colors um, would look really great in everyday wear. Oh, so yeah. That's why I really like those ones. But yeah, good pick. Those are awesome. Yeah. I th Yeah. Those have, those have been on my radar for a while. Next up for me is one that's not super exclusive, um, but I feel super important and really cool that they came out with, which is the Air Jordan 5 Fire Red colorway. Um, I know, you know, the Fire Red 4s, those are, you know, the, the most recently hyped OG release for Air Jordan. But me, I've always been partial to the 5s over the 4s. They've always seemed more wearable to me than the 4s as far as my personal style. And so this 2020 edition of the Air Jordan 5, it brings back that OG colorway on the classic silhouette 
And what's really cool is it's, you know, this year is the 30th anniversary of the original release of the Jordan 5. They tried to stay really faithful to the original look of this shoe. There's that white leather upper, the silver reflective tongue, that red Nike Air branding on the heel, which is my personal favorite feature, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people. The black midsole, which has the red shark tooth detailing inspired by the World War II P-51 Mustang fighter planes. Check out our episode on the Jordan 5s to hear more about that. And then there's that icy translucent outsole, which is really the cherry on top. And if you can find your size, these are still selling mostly in the $200 to $250 range due to a pretty big number of restocks that happened after the, after the initial release. So even though, you know, they're not as exclusive, they're not as rare, they, they made these shoes very available. And so it's not like the resale value has gone up hugely, but I was still super excited about these. Um, I was really excited to get a pair of these, and I think it's just really cool anytime an original colorway of Air Jordans is released, because it used to be that, you know, Air Jordan releases, if they did a, um, if they did a release of an original, of one of the, you know, original Jordan models, it, it usually more often than not was in one of the OG colorways, but you see that less and less now. As there's more and more collaborations, they've, you know, really got pretty funky and crazy and creative with all of the different colors that they're throwing on the original silhouettes. So when you can find an original silhouette with an original colorway, whether or not they make it an exclusive release, I feel like it's something that's worth pursuing because you just don't see that every day anymore. And I do appreciate that with this particular model, like you said, that Nike did make them so available. This was one of the models that I believe both you and I were able to successfully secure a pair when they came out. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think the first release of these was it was a shock drop while one of the episodes of The Last Dance, which uh, I highly recommend that uh, it's, it's like a docu-series about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Really so well good. done. Really so interesting. Um, I think these shock dropped during the premiere of one of those episodes. And I remember missing out on that. But thankfully, uh, you know, when they had their official general release, I was able to get a pair. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I, there's just something about these OG models in the OG colorways that just hold a special place in my heart. They just, they're so iconic. Uh, you know, people, even people that don't know much about shoes or sneakers, most people still recognize them for what they are, you know, that, that they're Air Jordans. And um, yeah, I think they're just really cool sneakers. Well, and the original Jordans in their original colors, I mean, those are the reasons why so many people got into sneakers in the first place, right? It's the reason, it, I mean, it's the reason I did. Yeah. Honestly. My gateway drug and into the whole sneaker collecting world. It was Air Jordans, hands down. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, if if you got into the shoe game because of um, Cactus Jack collaborations, more power to you. But, you know, that's that's not the reason why a lot of us got into sneakers. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not to say that we don't like or even love exactly. those now. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I've been in the sneaker game since 1991. You know, it's it's been many years and it's just cool to it, it's it is cool to see some of these shoes and models evolve, you know, with different colorways and different takes on them. But so I, I love it when Jordan and when Nike decides every now and again, like with this particular with the Fire Red Fives to just kind of go back to their roots, you know, to release an original in an original colorway. It, I love it. 
Yeah. All about it. And my next pick is continuing that vein of Jordans is the Air Jordan New Beginnings pack. And I'm curious to see what you think about these ones, Jared. I, I put a link in there. I, yeah, let me look these up real quick. Click on those. So this one, because it's a pack, is technically two pair of shoes. Um, and the so the Air Jordan New Beginnings pack, it celebrates Michael Jordan's earliest days of his career. And it, in, it includes both the 1984 Nike Airship PE and the ah. 1985 <laughs> Air Jordan 1 done in, in its original high top form. And I love this pack. I wish I could have snatched up this pack when they were, you know, when they were dropped, but it was a pretty limited drop. They weren't released everywhere. It was What's only- crazy. It looks like they retail, like the pair of, so you get two pairs of shoes, right? Yeah. Um, $350. Yep. So the original retail for Jordans, that's crazy. I know. For two pairs of for two pairs of Jordans especially. That's insane. Exactly. So now for the pack, the resale value is closer to $2000 to $2500 for the pack, although on a lot of sites like StockX, you can find the orig- you can find the separate pair whether it's the Airships or the Jordan 1s sold separately, usually in the 750 to $1000 range if you're just looking to buy one of the pair. But I think these are just some of the cleanest, most eye-catching yet subtle releases that we've seen this year. The so both both of the models has a clean two-tone finish of white and red, just white and red. It's super simple. The Nike Air Ship has a white leather upper with red accents on the collar lining, has red swooshes, some red accents on the on the outsole. While the Jordan One has white underlays and red overlays, has an OG style hang tag, so they're more primarily red with white. While the Airships are primarily white with red accents, and both of the pairs are packaged in this oversized box that has two distinct finishes. There's this blue and white um, look to it with a grid pattern and black and red as well. And the box is marked with the corresponding years of the shoe releases. So it has 1984 and 1985 emblazoned on the top part of the box. And like you said, like you noticed, Jared, like these originally retailed for 350 in select cities only. It was never made available on the sneakers app. And they dropped in those cities over All Star Weekend of twenty, so February twelfth of twenty twenty. Um, so you can you can track them down now. Obviously, for about you know five six times the original uh, retail price. But I think this pack together is one that um, you know if I had the chance to snatch them up, hopefully for less than a couple of grand. These are ones that I would definitely jump at the chance to to grab oh yeah if any reason for me at least for the airships alone uh-huh. oh you know it, it, yep. in 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 the pantheon of air jordan shoes the airships hold a very unique spot and i encourage those of you out there that have not yet listened to our air jordan one episode to take a listen to that and you'll learn a lot more about the airship and how that plays into the history of air jordan shoes Absolutely. So that is my third out of, you know, my favorite releases for this year. Next up for me. So let's talk about Yeezys. 
Um, specifically the Yeezy Boost 350 version 2 or V2. So as most of our listeners probably know, you know, Kanye West, he switched from his deal with Nike to Adidas back in 2013. And I have been a huge fan of one of his Adidas models, the Yeezy Boost 350 V2, since it initially launched in 2016. And over the years, I've especially loved colorways like the clay colorway. There's the, I believe it's pronounced Yakil colorway. Um, they, they, look, they look amazing. I'm not a huge fan of 500s, 700s, 950s. I, I don't mind the original 350s. Um, though they're, they're not my favorite and I don't mind the 750 model, which is kind of that, it's not the heavy duty boot look, but it's like the high top sneaker that has a full length zipper, you know, those aren't bad, but for me, it's really about the 350, uh, the twos. And for me, I haven't been super excited about many Yeezy releases in the last couple of years. It feels like there's been so many but some of the 350 colors that came out this year to me proved the staying power of Yeezys. You're taking a several year old model, you're putting it into still more colors to add to its already extensive catalog of colors, and you're absolutely killing with it. You're still selling out time after time after time. So I also, and one thing that I also like about the new colorways, and I don't know how you feel about this detail, Jared, but I, I prefer these newer colorways that don't have that mirrored image of the SPLY 350 text. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of theories as to what that means. Some people think it just means supply 350. Um, some people think it means St. Pablo loves you, <laughs> referring to Kanye, of course, who thinks of himself as St. Pablo. Sure. And of um, course he loves us. Of, of course. And, and I know he does love us. I just don't know if that's what the shoe means. Uh, uh, I hope so. I like to think so. Oh, me too. Uh, but anyway, I like the shoes that don't have that, that text um, on the side, which you usually are finding in the newer models of the, of the boost. So this year in particular, um, I just wanted to quickly hit, um, the few colorways that really caught my eye were the Oreo colorway, which came out in spring of 2020. Um, also in the spring in April, there was the linen colorway of the 350. And then um, the Desert Sage, which is really kind of cool because I was a fan of of his Nike shoes of the, you know, the Nike Yeezys and the desert sage colorway. I put a couple of links in there so you can see Jared, and we'll include this in the, in the show notes, but you can see this colorway is actually really similar to his Yeezy two pure platinums that he came out with Nike, which are a very, very highly coveted colorway of his Nike shoes. Um, you'll see a lot of similarities to the Desert Sage Boost 350s. And also in August, he came out with, and I don't know the pronunciation on this, but Israfil, maybe, Israfil. I don't know how to pronounce it, but... Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, that is one that I absolutely love, which is kind of cool because the way that they did the weave pattern on the Israfil is that from different angles and from different lights, the shoes kind of take on a different tone or a different hue. Um, it's really cool. And then 
in December. So probably my favorite though to date of these uh, of the Yeezy 350s has been the clay colorway, which is why I'm super excited. December of this year, uh, December 18th, I believe, is when they're coming out with the sand taupe colorway, which I think is just amazing. It has these clay peachy weaves with this gray um, sort of integrated into that. And then you have this dark gum sole with some kind of gray outlining on the outsole. It's, it's, it's just a really, really cool looking shoe. So I think, you know, this year again, Yeezys are coming out all the time and this is a four-year-old shoe essentially, but still killing it with the new colorways. And there's been several that have, you know, caught my eye uh, more so than many other shoes that have dropped this year. Yeah, I really like that sand taupe colorway. It seems like it would go with a lot of different outfits. You know, it's just that it's that type of shoe that it has enough, uh, you know, different kind of base colors in it. You know, this kind of brown tones that you could really match it with just about anything you want, really. Absolutely. Sharp looking shoe. I love it. It is. It is. Um, And the staying power of it is amazing. Most of these uh, Yeezy, so the 350s, most of these that are coming out, they retail for 220 if you're lucky enough to score a pair at retail price. Um, but even still, you know, most of them are reselling anywhere from, you'll see a lot of them from anywhere from 250 to 350 Of course, there are some more highly coveted colorways that you'll see closer to six, seven, eight hundred dollars um, Obviously, some of his, some of the other Yeezy models go for way more in resale, but uh, the these 350 version twos these are definitely my favorite of the Adidas Yeezy lineup. Yeah, so, I love them. Yeah, uh, me too. And I also love this next one, which is definitely the most understated and possibly plain shoe of this whole lineup we're bringing to you. But <laughs> I don't know if you can see from the link in there, Jared. The this next one. It's a uh, so it's the Reebok Classic, which is, for lack of a better word, such a classic shoe, but it's a collaboration done with with Jound. Have you ever heard of Jound at all? You meant Judge Jound. Judge Jound. Yeah, it's. Three <laughs> I don't J's. know if that's how you're supposed to pronounce it's four it. Four J's. So it's pronounced. I did look into. Is it this. just Jound? It's just pronounced Jound, and it is. So it's there's four J's at the front of it, though. So yeah, it's Judge Jound. Interesting <laughs> is what it looks like. Anyway, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. Um, the guy behind the Jound brand. So, like I said, this is a super understated pick, but I'm often a big fan of understated shoes, especially if I'm talking about ones that I want to wear, which, you know, the shoes that I want to wear, those are usually the ones that excite me the most. Yeah, they're, I'm looking at them right now, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you describe them, but, yeah, I love these. You know, it's like you said, just the sometimes – the simpler a shoe is, the the more it just works. And I think this is one of those instances where it's just a, a clean, simple design, no crazy colors. It just, oh. it, it's the whole package. Anyway, no. sorry. Continue. Well, even though it's a, no, th- thank you. Even though it's a new collaboration, it just released in September of this year, but it's such a clean colorway and it's such an understated colorway that it almost seems like 
familiar, like it's a shoe you've seen before, even though you haven't. So the uppers on this shoe are composed of white nylon with this thick gray suede in the overlays that wrap around the toe box and the heel and the lacing portions. Much, you know, it's the same sort of accenting that you'll see in a lot of Reebok classic colorways. The the side stripes are constructed of white leather that Reebok some of those Reebok logo stripes on the side. It's white leather to complement that nylon. And there's the jound branding on the lateral side up towards the, the top right side of the shoe. If you're looking down at your shoe, there's a jound patch right there. And then there's this off-white midsole and the gum outsoles, which as we all know, I'm a sucker for gum soles, really complete this minimal design. These originally released in September, like I said, and they retailed for $150, and they can still be snatched up for around $200 on most reseller websites. Um, That's crazy, considering that it's kind of a, you know, feels like a special collab that you can snatch them up for that cheap. It seems like it's one of those types of shoes that, for whatever reason, it just kind of flies under the radar. You know, it's definitely... It does. It may be understated, understated to the point that... It's even underappreciated, you know, by the sneaker community at large for for what it is. Yeah, well, and I I've only been tracking Reebok this year because I know we've talked about this before, but I really love how Reebok has started to revert to some of its vintage styling and logos and branding. They've kind of gone away from their foray into the super. Um, modern, at least. I mean, they still have some pretty funky looking shoes, but, you know, with releases like this and you see them re-releasing the, you know, Iversons, the the questions, um, you see a lot of these re-releases that they're pumping out at Reebok. And I really like that because Reebok is a brand that I feel like had their heyday back in the 80s and, and 90s, really. Um, oh, you know it. The Reebok then, pump. Exactly. Reebok Seems pump. like it's all been downhill since there, as right. far as their popularity the, I goes. I remember the, the Shaq Gnosis, the Kamikazes, the Sean, you know, Sean Kemp shoe. Um, they had so many amazing uh, shoes throughout the 90s and maybe even into the early 2000s, but they quickly fell off the radar. They, they just dropped off and I think their shoes just kind of went to crap. Um, but they've, I feel like they're making a, a bit of a comeback and I really love to see that kind of in the same way that, you know, that Converse has with their court shoes. You see that with Puma. Puma's making a comeback with some of their models that are starting to really catch people's attention. I, I love seeing these older brands that, you know, they became big for a reason, but I think they just tried too hard to be something or to be a brand that they weren't. And uh, sometimes that pays off, but sometimes it doesn't. And for some of these brands like Reebok and Puma, I don't think it paid off. And so I'm glad that they're finding ways to integrate the new with the old. And I think that's where they're really going to find their success. And I think that's why, um, you know, models like this, this Jound collaboration on the, on the Reebok classic, it's a hit. It's a, it's a home run in my opinion. It's understated, but man, it's fresh. It's crisp, but it really resonates with the new flavor of of style and streetwear. And I absolutely love it. And it's one that I, I haven't actually gotten a pair yet, but I fully intend to. <laughs> so I think this would be a great addition to anyone's wardrobe that you wouldn't be able to not wear if you had it. They're just 
silver. Well, because of the the neutrals, you know, the grays and stuff, they are summer ready and winter weather. Like like absolutely, they aren't really season specific the way I see it. You could literally wear them year round, and I think they would look on point. They would look. Um, you know, appropriate for the season as far as the colors and stuff goes. Yeah, it's just a clean, sharp-looking shoe. Totally. So yeah, that kind of that that rounds off my my picks. Of course, I mean, there's so many other shoes, of course, that were amazing in 2020. But these are ones that I have noticed throughout the year, and not only have I noticed them, but I've thought about them, you know, repeatedly as shoes that I have purchased or that I would want to purchase. Um, lots of releases I see and I think, you know, for a minute, oh, it's cool, but I don't really have an interest in, in buying or purchasing and I quickly forget about them. Um, but these are the ones that have had the most staying power with me. They've just stuck in my mind more than other shoes that I've seen drop this year. Yeah, I, I love it. And like you said, there are there's just too many shoes to discuss in one sitting. I mean, it's crazy. We've already been talking almost an hour here and I could go on for another two hours of just 2020 shoes. Easy. You know, it, it really, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, this, you know, despite all the other craziness going on in the world right now, and we all know that there has been lots of craziness for lots of different reasons. Right. Um, you know, shoe drops have been going crazy as well. There have been so many interesting, awesome, cool, in many cases, under the radar, understated, you know, in other cases, very loud releases. It, it has been a year to remember for me, um, even as far as shoes go and these releases. It's just amazing. And, you know, I, Nick, I, I feel like that you're the, you know, you're the yang to my yin. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I kind of go for the works. loud. Yeah, you know, I, I go for kind of the more, you know, artistic loud kind of unwearable shoes you know kind of hyped up stuff and and i love uh you know what you bring to the other side of that coin you know kind of shoes that are absolutely every bit as much as fire but oftentimes a bit more understated or you know a bit less known or or even appreciated for what they are so yeah just so many too many too many good shoes to pick way too many and i guess do you want to talk about Next year at all, or I guess maybe at the beginning, maybe after the holidays, we can go through what we're looking forward to the most in 2021. Yeah, let's, I, I like that idea. I, I think uh, early next year, uh, I think we should definitely do an episode where we kind of uh, preview upcoming releases that we are aware of coming in 2021 and kind of ones that catch our eye or ones to to maybe look out for, for different reasons. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of heaters out there. There's also a lot of clunkers out there that are coming. So we'll have to keep you guys posted on what's what. Cool. Do you have anything else or? You know, I think that's all I've got. Okay. Again, I could just, I could keep talking and talking, but uh, yeah, I, I think we have highlighted some really cool and interesting shoes. And, you know, certainly we've talked about some of the ones that have piqued my interest the most throughout the year. So fun stuff. Well, we want to wish all of our listeners out there a very Merry Christmas, a very happy holidays. We at the Immortal Souls podcast will be taking a break until probably sometime in January, where we will pick things back up and we will be back with more incredible, unique content for your listening pleasure. So we thank you all. Stay safe out there. Have a great holidays. 
and we will catch up with you in 2021.